It doesn't have to be anything fancy or big. It's just bringing awareness and knowing that from here on out, you get to decide what is done with your body. You get to decide how you are treated. You get to decide who you let in your energetic fields. And that's empowering. Let's dig through the mud together. We're so glad you're here. Join us here each week for Mudlark. But da 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 da. Hi loves, welcome to Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Boltz, and I started this podcast because for years I stayed quiet in my own mess. And when I started to speak and honestly tell the truth for the first time in my life, it was within those moments of ruthless vulnerability that I felt most seen and connected. So now I believe with every ounce of who I am that it is our stories that connect us, especially the darker, stickier, more challenging parts of them. I'm not here to bring you big names, you guys. I'm here to bring you huge topics. And now it's time for us to dig through the mud together. Let's go. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the show. This is Danny. I'm your host. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Welcome to Mudlark. And if this is your, I don't know, 30th time here because it's the 30th episode, what the hell? Welcome back. I cannot believe we're already at episode 30. It is unbelievable to me. I am just so grateful for all of you. As always, this is my favorite thing that I do and I just love you. So today's episode was really hard for me to record. Um, Today, I mean, I'm sure you saw in the title, we're talking about how I've been able to align my mind and my body after massive heartbreak, a miscarriage at 19, and some really severe sexual trauma. So as any kind of more challenging, trickier episode, I like to just preface it with this could potentially be triggering. If you have experienced sexual trauma, I do go into details because that's really important to me to just paint the picture of what I had to go through to get to where I am today. So that's all for that. Um, But it was a really good episode, you guys. I shared a lot. I left feeling really light and I just appreciate this platform so much because it's been a huge part of my healing process just to share in this way. And I just thank you so much for just being a part of all of this. Um, I do want to remind you guys this Saturday, I am co-hosting a, a free event at my house with Cassie Knabel. I talked about it in the last episode. I would love to meet you in person if we haven't met yet. If you're in the Portland metro area, it's from 10 to noon this Saturday and it's facials, mimosas, and connected self-care. So basically, my friend Cassie, who is a, an amazing human, she's a co-host, she co-hosts a podcast, Rebel Heart Radio. I'll link it in the show notes. But we're both going to be bringing basically our passions together. We've been wanting to do this since we met. And Ka- we've just 
haven't found the right time to do it, but finally it's here. So we're just weaving together our work in the world. Uh, it's going to be a, just a sweet, simple, collaborative event. And we just have found such a sense of purpose in empowering other people, empowering other people to live their most empowered lives. So she's going to be teaching us all about skincare and I'm going to be giving each one of you, there's very limited space because it's my small house, um, a beautiful product. It's one of my new products for my business, Honeysuckle and Mud. We're actually launching it this week and you get a sample of it. And I'm so excited. So link to register for this free event in the show notes. Without further ado, let's move on to the episode. I will see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, welcome back. So glad you're here. I am currently sitting at my dining room table in Northwest Montana after such a relaxing morning. Woke up fairly leisurely and went enjoyed the sunshine. It's been like freakishly sunny since we've been here, but it's like still snow on the ground and it just feels like like that hope of spring and I'm so fucking grateful. I'm just like letting the sun pierce my soul because I just miss it so much. Um, I'm excited to talk with you guys today. I haven't done a solo episode in a little while and we are going to just kind of go into my history with sex. We have talked about just like my relationship style and kind of like that serial monogamy pattern that I was falling into for most of my life ever since I began being in relationships, but really getting into kind of the nitty gritty of my programming around sex. We haven't gone there. And honestly, I've been kind of avoidant of doing this because awkward. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Hi and I were talking about it this morning. Hi is my husband. Um, For those of you who have not been on the show, um, you'll hear me mention him a lot. But we were talking about how weird it is that like sex is kind of like this glamorized, beautiful, like hot thing that we're just seeing everywhere. However, it's still a taboo topic, which is just really interesting. It's like, I just feel like, well, luckily I surround myself with people that are interested in talking about sex in a very truthful way but so often I hear these conversations around sex that just seem so plastic and unrealistic and it can feel really like shameful to talk about even my own personal blocks and experiences with sex and so I just really want to hopefully make you listener feel less alone in some of maybe your struggles with sex. I I mean, I imagine we all have very different blocks, but I just want to give you a peek into mine. So kind of like going back to the beginning, um, as always with the show, I like to go back because I believe that we are operating from this subconscious place. So basically everything we picked up when we were kids, we're kind of like looping and acting from those places. So in regards to sex, if you didn't listen to the last episode, episode 29 with my little sister, Sasha, we talked about some of what we witnessed growing up um, in regards to sex. And so much of what I saw was like, the relationship between my mom and my stepdad, like they weren't 
kind to each other. You know, I mean, my mom was kind to him, but he was so abusive, as you've heard, if you've listened before. And I just saw like, they were definitely not very secretive about having sex. And so I like would walk in very easily, like walk into the living room and they were like having sex on the couch. But then I saw them like when they weren't having sex, him being so mean and hateful towards her and towards all of us. And so to me, there was kind of this like separation of love and sex. Like they were just like two different things. Like, okay, over here you just, you fuck. And then maybe you can love over here or there just was no connection between the two. So I just never saw them as like, I never saw it as like a union, like love and sex together. It was always like split up. Um, I actually, I was 18 or it was just before my 18th birthday when I had sex for the first time, but I want to go back even further to my high school love, which I've mentioned. Um, This heartbreak that I had in high school was actually what shut me down sexually for so long. And when I met my high school love, like he was the first person I was ever intimate with outside of kissing, but like still no sex. I was like, really afraid to have sex. (laughs) My sister and I talked about it on the last episode too of like, we both were like convinced that we didn't have like holes. (laughs) Not to be too, (laughs) whatever. I fucking tell you guys everything. But we were like both so convinced that like we were broken and we both were like Googling like, what if I don't have a hole in my vagina or something? Because we just didn't like... No, we didn't know what was going on. We weren't really like taught about what our anatomy was and what was going on. Um, So I had this high school love and I was like so mortified to go any further than like kissing and like touching like outside like part of my vagina or like me touching him. It was like I just didn't want to go any further. But... I was like so freakishly like turned on, you know, I was like, what, 15, 16 years old in that relationship. Um, But I was just like, so almost sickly in love. Like if you've had that deep, intimate, young love, you probably understand this feeling of like, you're kind of like always turned on. But for me, I think because it was my first time experiencing like real intimacy and connection, I couldn't eat. Like I was so over the moon for this person that I was like just really whacked out. And so when he ended up like ending the relationship, I completely sealed up and I completely closed myself off sexually. So even though him and I weren't having sex I still just like I I I can't even explain to you like it was instantaneous like from being like so turned on all the time like thinking about sex all the time thinking about um just being physically close with my partner to not feeling anything like I just felt so numb and I think because him and I didn't have sex something triggered in my mind to be like, okay, well, if you don't have sex, you're going to be left. 
So I had these like really conflicting things going on of being like really closed off to arousal and sexuality, but I was simultaneously beginning to explore like what having sex for the first time might look like. So that's when I started to just think, okay, well, you know, I'm 17 years old. All my friends have had sex. I'm like now at the point, this point lying and saying that I've had sex because I was so ashamed that I hadn't. That's like a real thing. You should let me know if like that was something you experienced because I felt so much deep shame around being kind of more prudish and I lied. (laughs) Like I lied to my friends. I told them that I had slept with this one guy. I was in drama, like choir and drama and I I remember saying to multiple people, I was like, oh my God, like we, we did it. We had sex. It was like a guy I was like spending a little bit of time with. And of course, small school, we're all friends. They went to him and found out that I was full of shit. And he was, it was just like, so ridiculous. Like, why did I feel the need to lie about that? But it's obvious. It's like there was just so much shame in there. I felt so embarrassed. Um, After him, I... Oh, so like that happened. Sorry, it's so hard to like go back and like look at this timeline because it's just been so long. I'm 30 years old now. I kind of started all of this stuff back when I was like 17. It's a lot of time. Um, But yeah, like my first time. So... I'll go into some detail about what that looked like. Um, Pretty similar to the last guy. I was too, I was just so ashamed and I was too embarrassed to tell this dude I was seeing that it was my first time. And it was like this really dysfunctional, weird relationship. It was some guy, he went to a different school than I did. But um, yeah, I remember the time we were like at his sister's house and we're like, it's so sick, but we were like in his nephew's like race car bed, like super hot. Right. Um, and I could tell that it was about to happen, but I kind of just like wanted to get it over with. And so yeah, we ended up having sex and it was really painful and I hated it. And I pretended like I liked it like the first time. And it was like, cause he had thought that I had already had sex he, Andy was a fucking little boy, you know? I mean, how old was he? He was probably 18, 17, 18. And I'm sorry, but 17, 18 year old guys don't know what's going on. Like I could even argue that it's not until men are in their thirties that they know what's going on. And it was just brutal. And I just feel so sad that I wasn't able to just like be honest. And so for me, like, I now was, like, associating sex with pain, like, physical pain and numbing out. So, like, at that point, I wasn't feeling any pleasure. Like, there was nothing. It was just, like, bodies touching. There was nothing more than that. And it was just really sad. And so, it was kind of, like, like what I have had to work on so much and we'll get more into my story of like just all the dysfunction and all the things I've had to peel back. But it was almost like I, because I didn't get to experience sex for the first time 
when I was in love or really emotionally connected to someone like what I witnessed growing up love and sex were just completely disconnected and so yeah my first I'd say seven six seven years of having sex I never really experienced a lot of pleasure at all I just felt so numb and broken because being turned on in the past historically proved to be scary proved to be painful proved to like leave me so it's just been such a freaking wild ride you guys I feel really uncomfortable talking about it right now which is probably good (laughs) that I'm doing it um but I guess it's like I've the first part of my like sex life I just felt so broken because I didn't feel what I thought I was supposed to be feeling you know even like I remember like talking to my friends who were having sex and of course this is, goes back to like the glamorized version of sex and they probably weren't all telling me the truth but they were just I remember it just being so like flashy and good and I was like listening to them I'm like what do you mean <laughs> I was like what do you mean it feels good but of course I didn't say that I would just like go along with it and be like yeah it was so great I came like five times. (laughs) It's like, no, that was not fucking happening at all. Um, After that sick relationship ended, it's kind of my first, or I guess it was my second long-term relationship. Um, After him, I really just started using sex as a way to find acceptance. And I just still wasn't doing the work to heal what had been broken in my first relationship. So all the sex I was having felt super numbed out, like not turned on, just like bodies literally fucking flopping together. And then after, every single time after, I would feel really grossed out by the guy, like absolutely disgusted, repulsed. I'm like, you're a rotten rat. Like I just felt so turned, I mean, even more turned off. Like I was already turned off, but like let's just times that by 5,000. I was just disgusted because I was broken I mean I know people say like no we're not broken we're just but I was literally heart broken and it was completely impacting the way I could show up sexually and it was just very painful um so I guess at 19 like I just after I had sex for the first time I basically just started having sex a lot with a bunch of people Because I was, I don't know, trying to find pleasure. I thought, I remember thinking like, oh, it's just the guy. I haven't found the right guy again. But that wasn't true. Like I was meeting okay people, but I was still so wounded from that first heartbreak that I couldn't open up. And at 19... If you haven't listened to episode three, that's where I really go into my whole story with relationships, my childhood trauma. But at 19, I got pregnant and I decided to keep the baby. Um, This was with a guy that was quite a bit older than me. And we were literally just hooking up. But when I found out um, that I was pregnant, I went to him to tell him, what was going on and he just literally screamed at me and I don't think I ever talked to him again and it was just yet again something coming from 
sex just being so deeply painful like everything around sex everything around relationships was so painful to me um I ended up miscarrying and for all this guy knows he still has a kid in the world what the actual fuck like I don't even think of that very often I probably like bury it but like can you even wrap your mind around that like I miscarried I was pretty far along and for all this guy knows he still has a child but has not reached out I can't even wrap my fucking mind around that and it's been in my brain forever but I just it just makes me sick and you know Portland you most of you know that I live just outside of Portland Portland's small as hell and I'm sure if he's still around there I will run into him someday and how fucking weird is that gonna be for him you guys like I don't know anyway sorry tangent that miscarriage deeply impacted my sexuality yet again and my arousal so it was like because my wound like around sex just kept getting buried it just kept getting bigger and metastasizing and you know so much of this pain was like actual literal womb pain you know holding so much grief in that space from losing my baby you know I mean I was so young and I can look at it now as this blessing in disguise everything that's happened but when you are pregnant and you decide to move forward with your pregnancy you gain this attachment to this little human inside of you you ah you your whole world changes and you have this connection and if you've ever been pregnant i'm sure you understand this the connection is unlike anything else and to go from that to sharing it with the person that helped make it with you to miscarrying. It was just so much for me. It was so fucking much for me. And I've done a lot of healing in this area. However, you guys, honestly, this is going to be a lifetime of healing this. And I still, I'm in kind of an interesting place and I'll save more of this for the episode I'm going to do next, which is just kind of a catch up on like what things are looking like in my life. Cause there's so many fun, amazing things happening. So much excitement, but, um, like when it comes to the whole like baby thing, I have always felt this baby around me, this baby. And I, I, I don't know if you're into spirit babies or anything like that. I don't want to freak y'all out too much, but if you're still here, I probably haven't scared you because I've shared a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> but I, ever since um, this miscarriage, I have always felt this baby around me. And it, they talk about spirit babies as being these little souls that are just going to flow through us when we are ready, when they are ready. And I've been feeling this pull so much lately. I've been feeling the presence of this baby again in a really massive way. I don't know if it's like turning 30 and just being at kind of that ripe age for 
having children, but it's brought up a lot of feelings around the miscarriage and my connection to him, my connection to the baby again. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a lot of feelings around it and I'm really grateful that I didn't have him when I was so young because my life would look so vastly different today, but it was very fucking painful and I felt so sad for me and I felt so sad for the baby just with that whole fucked up experience with the baby's dad. So this is kind of the part of the story of my story where it gets pretty intense. Um, I know I left a trigger warning at the top of the show, but I just wanted to kind of reintegrate that because I am about to talk about a sexual trauma that I went through that really started to be kind of this breaking point for me and looking at my issues with sex. So I was in the middle of this intense miscarriage. So to give you a little walkthrough of what that looked like, um, I think I was about four four months along, just about, um, maybe a little under, and I was with my best friend Scott at the time and he ended up I started to bleed and I started to like really hemorrhage and it wasn't just like a little bit of blood like I was literally hemorrhaging and I almost fucking died so I'm like we're we were literally at Target of course um when this is happening and I asked him I was like take me home And he's like, we should probably go to the hospital. And I'm like, no, like, take me home. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to go home. So I'm, he's driving me home. I'm starting to have contractions because when you're miscarrying, that's what your body is doing. It's literally trying to press everything out. And um, we are like getting back to my house, which is back up towards the mountain. And he's like texting my mom. He's like, this is what's happening. And my mom was like, get her to the hospital immediately. Uh, So he helps me like change my clothes. I was literally wearing like fucking Dr. Seuss pajamas, like green striped jammies. And he races me to the hospital. And basically what they said to me was if I had waited much longer, I probably would have died. I would have bled to death. And so they instantly, when we got there, um, started pumping fluids back into my body. And I don't have to get more into the details of all that happened, but after you miscarry, you are, I mean, I've only had one miscarriage, but, um, I bled for a really long time after, like I was just like spotting, but then I would bleed a lot and it was just really scary. And I felt really lethargic. And, um, so basically, well, while I was pregnant still before the miscarriage, after the guy freaked out on me, I started seeing another guy, like this fucking other guy. I don't even know how I met him, probably online or something. But we started seeing each other and I didn't even tell him that I was pregnant because who wants to date a mar- uh, pregnant a married chick? Who wants to date a pregnant girl? Like it just was... 
so weird and it was so quick. I mean, we probably hung out like a couple of times, um, but he was basically another massive piece of shit and he drank a lot and he ended up calling me in the middle of the night. This is while I'm miscarrying. So of course I'm not telling him that I'm having a miscarriage because he didn't know I was fucking pregnant. And so he called at like 3 a.m. and my best friend, Scott, he was sleeping over at the time that night. And I remember he was just like dead asleep. And this guy lived like 45 minutes away from me. And he sounded like he was crying. Like he called and he's like, hey, I don't fully remember what he said. Um, but I started to feel really scared and I wanted to like swoop in and rescue him. So I drove at 3 a.m. to this guy I hardly know's house and that is where my next big like sexual trauma happened so I get there and he was sleeping with the music on just looking super gross and passed out and I went into his room and sat by him and I woke him up and it's really foggy One, because it was forever ago, and two, because sexual trauma, blacking out, basically. I don't remember what we said to each other, but that doesn't matter. But he started, like, kissing me, and I remember, like, kissing back, but feeling, like, really grossed out and scared and uncomfortable because I could tell he was super drunk. And then he started to pull my pants off, and that's when I started to push him. Because I'm thinking, I am fucking bleeding still. I have, like, no, off limits. Like, no, nothing happening. No one is touching me down there. Um, And he was, like, gangly as hell, but super strong. And he reached over to his bed table where his stereo was. And he turned the music up as loud as he possibly could. And that was when he forced himself inside of me. And and remember, like, I am miscarrying. Like, I am going through a traumatic experience already. And he is fucking raping me. And I'm so tender already and sore. And yeah, and he raped me. And I have not been able to call this rape for so long because I didn't try as hard as I could to move him off of me because I completely fucking froze like legitimately my body could not move like at first I remember like pushing him and like but it was like that's where I'd like judge myself I'm like why the fuck didn't I like kick him in the balls and stab his eyes out like I couldn't do it like I was so frozen and it like didn't last long but I remember crying while it was happening but I remember trying to like be quiet about it and as soon as he was done he rolled over and passed out again and I got up and left like I went to his house he raped me he goes to sleep and I go home and I called my friend from work I called her while she was at work because we worked together at a donut shop at the time and I knew that she'd be up and working already and I remember telling her what just had happened and I don't think I told anybody else and I remember her saying like 
she was so great. She was just like, we need to call the, we need to call the cops. We need to do this. And I was like, no, no. And I remember like back pedaling and trying to like make it not sound as bad because I could not even tell if I just got raped or what just happened. Like I felt fucked up and I just felt so grossed out by everything and was already in such shock from my miscarriage that this just felt like the fucking cherry on top. Like I was such a mess and I just was feeling disgusting, but I just think it's so weird. And I just have so much fucking understanding and compassion for women that experience this type of abuse because it is so easy to feel like you will not be supported if you come forward with this information if you go and say he raped me like there's always that thought that oh but they probably won't fucking believe me like that's fucked up and i know you guys you guys know this this is not new this is not a new concept, but it is so painful to me. And I just, if this has happened to you, I am so sorry because I felt disgusting and so alone. And it really fucked me up for a very long time and made me very jumpy and very, again, blocked, blocked sexually, blocked to all things sexually related. Whoo, welcome to Mudlark. <laughs> I know why I was not super excited to record this. It's just like, it just makes me feel gross. But it's important because I'm at such a beautiful place that I'm excited to get to that point. The seven in me, the Enneagram seven is like, let's get out of this shit and find the silver fucking lining like yesterday, please. Anyway, let's move along. I'm going to try not to go too fast because I don't want to miss anything. So the whole miscarriage thing happened, the rape, I was healing. I took a little break from sex after that. Not crazy amount of time, but when I was in my early 20s, I was dating this guy in the Navy. But even when I was with him, he was like living overseas most of the time and we were together, but I was still hooking up with other people. And I started to see a man and a woman couple. So they were into the whole polyamory thing. And that sounded pretty fucking safe to me. Cause if I knew that this man and this woman were going to for sure, no matter what be with each other, I wouldn't have to worry about being left because they were already kind of gone in a way. So anywho, I actually had a lot of healing in this relationship, even though it was painful. It was my first and only time being with a woman in this way. And it was just kind of a cool experience. And I, what I learned being with these two people was that there is a way to feel sexy again. There was a way to lean into fantasy and play and fun. And because this was the first time that there was like this drawn out kind of buildup, I was actually like giving my body and my heart time to catch up to each other. Because in the past, it's always been off. You know, it was either just body, heart left behind, or heart there, not ready for sex. And so 
yeah, I realized during this relationship that I need a lot of time. I need a very slow build, like lots of tenderness, tender touch and kissing and not jumping straight into sex. Like I needed to get my whole body there. I needed to get my whole heart there. And I'm really grateful for that relationship because because I was so nervous because I'd never been with a woman before. It felt like I was back into like more of my prudish ways, which was good. And it made me slow down. And it was like my first time really starting to feel like pleasure with sex and slowing down. And I'm just so grateful. So that was kind of when my world started to open up. And I'm like, okay, sex isn't just painful and gross and fucked up. Like there are ways to make it better. So yeah, after that breakup, I ended up getting broken up with by both of them at the same time. They were kind of new into that relationship style thing. And so I was just like this big trigger for the woman. We don't have to go all into that. It's fine. But after that breakup, I kind of went back to my old ways and just was having sex with a lot of different men and went pretty quickly back to just numbing out I would jump in quickly because I was afraid that I wouldn't be loved if I was honest about what I needed, which was like that slow tenderness. Because it's like, you I mean, you see it in the movies, you know, that if you don't kiss on the first date or whatever, the dude's going to get pissed. Or if you don't hook up on the second date, like you're going to be left. And so that's just so fucking programmed into us as women. And I would just totally believe that. It's like... My sister, when we were doing our episode, episode 29, um, we both relate to this of like, if, if like we weren't being like the hot, like wild and kind of like easy girl, like I wouldn't be loved or I would just be left. Like my sister and I both felt that way. So I would just try to be the fun girl and the naughty girl. And I don't know, it just, it was so out of alignment and I did it for so freaking long So fast forward, I was in my previous, my most previous relationship for about four years and we did have sweetness. We did have some tenderness, um, especially like towards the middle of our relationship, like the beginning. I did like that typical like have sex. We literally had sex on like our second date and then kind of just did the wild thing and then once we were together longer I was able to open my heart more so we were able to like slow down and I was able to kind of get the heart and body more aligned but then towards the end of the relationship because I still had so much inner child stuff because I wasn't doing that work then that I just the whole relationship just blew up so we never got to that peak intimacy I had never until I met my husband. So to give you a little breakdown of the relationship I am in today, when I met my husband, we waited. And I kid you not, aside from that couple I had seen in my early 20s, I have never waited. And we waited four months before having sex. And this was like the most medicinal thing I could have ever given myself and we moved slow always like we still do and 
there's just nothing we don't know about each other and it just feels safe and sacred and loving and it's literally all the things I've always known I needed but was too afraid to ask for and I think so often we avoid the things that are best for us because usually they just aren't familiar or if you grew up in a dysfunctional household like I did anything healthy can feel weird or scary or a turnoff you know but I believe that for me and for so many of us, like the opposite is truly the medicine and we have to listen to that. We have to lean into only the things and only the people that are so supportive of what we really need, not just what's easy and comfortable. So I also think because my husband and I spent the first, so it was like we were here in Montana for let's see, March, April, May, June, July, August. We were here for about six months at the beginning of our relationship, but then I moved back to Oregon and I was there for six months. So we did long distance for six months. So not only was um, like the sex not happening all the time, but it was letting my heart and my body be together and let that slow build like really heal me. And I feel on a cellular level that that waiting and that slow build and all of that healed me in more ways than I can put into words. It was so magical. And even though I still have blocks, like I still have moments where I have to like stop and check in, I think that's okay. And I think I'll always have that. And I think it's really, really good to just pay attention and listen um what has been like really deeply healing for me is identifying what the common thread was through all of those painful sexual experiences and so much of it was me not speaking up for myself you know or me not listening to my body or me not honoring my needs for slowness and just overall tenderness so the opposite you know, opposite is the medicine for me is to honor all of these things and never ignore, feel what I need and speak true to it. It's helped me create like such a stronger relationship to myself because, you know, I'm not abandoning myself anymore and I'm not putting others before me anymore. It's like I've been able to build trust with myself again by honoring my needs because when we are not listening to ourselves, even in those moments, like say you're having sex with someone for the first time or it doesn't matter when it is, but there's like part of you that feels tensed up and instead of like just saying, hey, I need to slow down because I'm tensing up, you just kind of like ignore it and push through that is abandoning yourself. Those are the moments when we are abandoning ourselves and our soul cannot trust us. So the more we listen, the more we speak true to what we need, the more healing, the more sexual healing, emotional healing we're going to have. To kind of wrap this up, I don't even know what the fuck I just told you guys about, honestly. (laughs) I hope this is... Okay, I hope I am getting stuff out that is meaningful and helpful to you. We'll see. Holy shit. 
I wanted to share with you guys though, like ways that I've been healing my body because I have had so much trauma sexually. I had a miscarriage. I've had just a lot and so much healing that's needed to happen. I have just had to find things to really turn the volume up on my healing. So one of my biggest healers is taking baths and I don't do a ton of meditation, just like breathing meditation. But what I'll do is I'll run a really hot bath, put in some Epsom salts and I'll close my eyes. And as I'm breathing, I bring my awareness down to my womb area and just like basically all my like sexual organs and this might sound super woo woo but it's been fucking powerful as I breathe in and out through my nose I'm picturing light swirling around in that area and then I picture like the water like crashing against my body and it just has really felt so medicinal for me and so almost every single time I take a bath I do that even if it's for a minute or five minutes or ten minutes if I'm feeling really disconnected to myself or if I yeah just anything like I will take longer it just depends um another thing is just never having sex unless I'm 150% into it so that is huge and that was really scary for me to navigate especially early on with my husband is like saying no um luckily I'm with the most tender loving human in the fucking world I love him so much but he is just the best because I can I'll say to him be like hey you know I would really just love to snuggle tonight or I would really just love to kiss or I would just love to be close or could you tickle my back you know just being really strong in my integrity with only having sex when it is 110% yes or 150% whatever uh speaking really sweetly and tenderly to my body all parts of my body that's been really huge Um, I also have been lately doing some kind of like womb massage. I'll use oil. I sometimes use like castor oil and I'll rub that like on my womb area and even like my bikini line. (laughs) I'm just like smothering myself in oil, but I love it. I'll like light a candle and close my eyes and just treat myself sweetly and just picture healing washing through me all over me and just looking at how nurturing my life is today so it's easy for me to like go back mentally and think of all the gross shit that happened and kind of feel that darkness but to bring awareness and like rub on my body and be so kind and soft with myself and really bring myself to the present moment which is light and bright and designed by me I feel so grateful and just yeah so much healing And yeah, really just a shout out to my husband, hi, because he has truly been my number one healer in this arena. And I'm just so profoundly grateful to have him. And honestly, I felt like I would never, ever feel pleasure. I felt like I would never feel intimately connected to someone in this way. And If I can feel this way, if I can feel so lit up and fiery and wonderful and passionate, so can you. So don't use 
these darker, more broken experiences as something to like cling on and let run you. Just use these as an opportunity to do the healing work, whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't have to be anything fancy or big. It's just bringing awareness and knowing that from here on out, you get to decide what is done with your body. You get to decide how you are treated. You get to decide who you let in your energetic fields. And that's empowering. And yeah, I just love you guys. I love you so much. This is really uncomfortable for me to talk about, but I feel really happy to get it out of my body. Like even that feels healing. That feels healing to share the story, to just breathe light onto all of that fucking crazy shit. And anyway, I love you so much. I'm going to go make some tea and I'm going to go take a bath because that is what I want to do. Bye. Thank you guys so much as always for listening. If you found parts of yourself within my story, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. If we are not friends on Instagram, head over there and find me at Danny Bolts. And I just love you guys so much. And if you have not rated or reviewed the show yet, please do. It gets Mudlark into more ears and more hearts. And I just appreciate it more than you know. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you next week. Bye.